Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, guys. This week on the show, Spider Burton, Fremantle legend. Tick. Did you know he was on West Coast list? I bet you didn't. And he played for North as well. Some great stories along the way. A funny man, a ruckman, one of the very few we've had on the podcast. This one's a good one. Have a listen. Backchat Studios on YouTube. Or you can listen to this podcast wherever you're doing it. You know what to do. Bye-bye. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Backchat powered by Fleet Network, powering the podcast this year. Very lucky to be joined by this man today, Matthew Spider, Burton cult figure, AFL status. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, Will. Spider, it's so good to have you here. I, 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 you walked in and I was just very intimidated from the, from the outset. <laughs> very what scared. Is, what, his attitude? Or? No, he's just, just his, you know, he's a tall man and I'm tiny. <laughs> <laughs> mate, thanks, thanks for Dan. joining us. Um, very, very uh, happy to have you in here. Now, I don't know if you've listened to many Backchat episodes before. I'll just assume you have, but just in case you haven't. We ask the same question to every guest we have on the show. Right. It's the first question we ask every time around. Um, we want to know your greatest sporting achievement, but we know we know you can play footy, right? Mm-hmm. We know you've done all that. We know your greatest sporting att- achievement, not on the football field. Yeah. So Dan here, um, well-established uh, league spinner um, as yep. a under-12s. Under-12s, grand final, 5 for 16. Uh, didn't win the grand final, but put up some good figs, try yeah, to carry mate. the team. That's more important. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I was a 80-meter hurdle champion, state champion okay. under nine, yeah. um, so could run, jump over a few uh, pieces of wood on the ground and then <laughs> finish at the end. Yeah. What, what, have, what have you got outside of your football prowess? Played across three clubs at AFL level, a bit of uh, waffle footy too. What can you do other than footy? Greatest sporting achievement. Does a hole-in-one count? Yes, absolutely oh, yeah. it does. Yeah. Where? I don't know if we've got long enough, honestly. Talk, yeah. mate, tell yeah. me all, don't so. worry. Tell what, what happened? Where was it? Uh, well, I play at Cottesloe Golf Club in Swanbourne, uh, Saturday morning, just with uh, three mates, uh, a couple of blokes that I regularly play with. We tee off on 10, 11's a par three. I should have hit seven iron, I hit eight iron really hard and dragged it right down left and into the crab. I thought, all oh, right. So then played 13. Uh, it's a par three. I'm thinking I'm not going to make the same mistake. It's five iron, but I'm going to hit a four iron nice and soft. 
and just clipped it. And Doc Newman, he called it about halfway through the air. And he goes, that's going in. And it was a slam dunk just straight really? in the hole. No. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, I was high as anything. Like, <laughs> um, the only blue was then we get around to the ninth and there's water on ninth. I've kept playing the same ball and I've hit in the water. Oh, oh you've lost so, your whole so one ball. Stupid. <laughs> so is that the th- you, you meant to sort of keep the ball and, and- – I, get back I will. To I should have done. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, well, hang it up at home or something like that. You, know? you didn't want to go for a swim? Pick, well, I was going to say, yeah, Swan yeah, has been yeah. training for the Rotto Swim. Maybe just yeah. heads down to the Connors Lake. Yeah. Off. Into the lake. Now, we don't <laughs> usually do this, but I think it's relevant. Ron Chopper um, doing yep. great things in yep. golf. Yep. Uh, he's actually put a question across. We ask our <laughs> we, we ask our, um, our fans to put in questions. We'll get to that a little bit later on, but okay. I think I should ask this now. Yeah. Um, he said, ask him if he's hit a fairway with his driver yet. I'm sick of trying to teach him. <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you, i got the worst coach in the world. Uh, Ron's alter ego. Yes, uh, correct. So um, oh, he's a great coach and uh, and he does it well and he does it with a sense of humour as in, i.e. Ron Chopper. So Very good. Yeah. Uh, like that. Uh, we've, did we ever hold one recently? Yes. Uh, Chad Warner? Chad Warner. Chad Warner. Chad Warner right. the Sydney Swans. Mm. Um Really keen to have a chat about your footy journey and career, mate. I think it's pretty unique along the way. I said that before the mics came on and you said, really? <laughs> I think it is. You played across three uh, three clubs. I won't say sort of, but West Coast, Fremantle, North Melbourne. Um, what was life growing up like for Spider Burton? No, what, what was life – how was your upbringing, your West Australian? Um, were you sporty, sporty family? How did it go? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dad played 180 games for Subi. So him and mum got divorced really early. Got two full brothers. Uh, I was the eldest there, two and four years younger. And we lived in a great area. We lived in Inaloo, in a quiet area. The next door neighbour, there was two boys across the road, Phil Smart, um, the recruiting manager at Fremantle when we started. Uh, up the laneway where the park was and Nilms's, the Knights, the Davies family, and they were mostly boys. It was 90% boys. And we just played footy and cricket the whole time. <laughs> and if we weren't playing footy and cricket, we were playing tennis and golf or <laughs> stuff like that. So it was awesome. And 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 then um, in light of that, it was really probably because of that upbringing that I, you know, I was lucky enough to have some success at footy. Um, like kicking left foot, kicking right foot, handballing, all of that sort of stuff. I just we, we just did it from zero years of age. Really, with older kids, with younger kids, but you know, it was just we'd just have breakfast and we'd leave. We'd go home for lunch and then we'd be back doing whatever it was we were doing. So, were you tall as a kid? Uh, I was like, let's say the tallest in the class to twelve, thirteen, and then from thirteen to seventeen, just took off. Really, uh, and went from. Sort of not maybe winning the best and fairest, but second or third at your junior club to getting a game for half a game um, in the Ford pocket because uh, I was first to training and last to leave because I just loved it, but I just couldn't get a kick. I couldn't get near it. You know. Well, actually, the coach, Mel Green, Danny Green's dad and Brendan Green, who's my age, uh, Mel, he said, you actually know where it is and you get there, but the arms and the legs didn't know what they were doing. So I just, <laughs> I just had to grow into them. So. so you weren't always playing rock? Oh, not at that age, Dan. Nah, mate. Nah. Honestly, it was Ford Pocket for a half because I loved it. Mm. Yeah. So, so. At, like, so you, you held for a long time the tallest player to ever play the game at 210 centimetres. 
And I don't know if some of these players are just standing on maybe higher shoes they've got getting measured at 211 because there's not many blokes getting taller than you. So as you said, you're growing up, you're a bit all arms and legs. As a, as a kid, is there sort of – do you're 16, 17 and you go, oh, actually, I know what I'm doing now. I'm starting to feel like – is it as a junior you start sort of growing into the bit or not really? Nah, yeah, it didn't. Right. It didn't help. Um, and my wife would argue I'm still like this. I, I, I was really <laughs> immature. Um, and, and seriously, I was. So, you know, at 18, 19, 20, you know, I, I was um, probably not realising sort of what was going on. Right. Um, but, you know, I got invited to Subiaco under the father-son rule um, in the under-19s, the Colts, because I was tall, not because I was good. In the first year, I would have probably played half the games, but, you know, more seen as a project player. The following year, a few more, then too old for it, so you go up to reserves. And it started to click about that year. Yep. You know, I was, so I was sort of 20 and then got drafted at the end of that year and I was probably just happy to get drafted, you know, more than – Realise the opportunity that you know was presented to me. Yeah. So. so you got drafted to West Coast, nineteen ninety. Yep. Coming to the footy club, it's just been established. 86, 87 is the first few years. You come into the footy club, an incredibly successful period. Yeah. Of, of the footy club, so ninety one, and they play in a grand final. Yep. Uh, lose ninety two, they play and win ninety four, they play and win. Um, what What's it like as a young kid who you know, as you just self describe? Immature. What's it like coming into a successful year like that? Yeah, uh, um, like I was just happy to be there. Yeah, and and I remember Glenn Jakovic, who is probably two or three years younger, he just trained like a lunatic. Now he's an all-time great, yes. you know. So um, whereas I didn't have that mentality, you know, I trained, I didn't miss a session, and I did extras and all that sort of stuff, but I didn't have the maturity um, and the want to do it. Like let's say like Jacko did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was gradually improving, but not quickly and trying to put weight on, but, you know, not really. So it probably wasn't until the opportunity got taken away from me and I went back to Subiaco in 94 that I then realised, oh, hang on a minute, yeah. you know, I'm starting to run out of um, chances here. So I can imagine sort of being at the club at that time during the, you know, success that um, – as a young kid, it would it would be easy to think, well, this is just how AFL footy works. This is what happens when you're on AFL list. Yeah, okay, I'm not taking my opportunities, but teams playing grand finals and they win and lose them. You know, was that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the 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 success was just expected. Yeah. Uh, on, on that 1990, uh, 91, I reckon they won the first 13 or 14 games straight that year. Um, 92, they obviously win it. You're in the change rooms afterwards, you know. You're all a part of it. It was awesome. And then your mates, you know. I was living with Dean Kemp in that year. So yeah. Um, um, so that, that was awesome. But, you know, I look back upon that opportunity and going, wow, if, you know, you just had a, probably mentally gone a bit harder. Um, it would have been, um, you know, you, things may have been different. So I heard you talk um, about how, in like those early days, everyone just trained exactly the same. Yeah. So like you're training exactly how Jacko trains. Just if you were to like, obviously nowadays it's sort of so specialized. Do you think that sort of played into it as well to um, not getting an opportunity early? Uh, maybe, you know, there was a line of thinking that maybe uh, I just don't do any training and I just do three months of weights. You know, <laughs> right. I, I, and maybe that would have been the right decision. 
you know. Um, but um, Brian Cousins, um, Ben's dad, was my coach at Subi um, or the reserves coach at Subi, and he said, you should be playing footy twice a week. So you got these different sort of views of, you know, um, I just needed to play yep. to get some experience up, and but I needed to put on – probably 10 or 15 kilos as well. And that was also a perception that I needed to put it on because I didn't really put it on when I got to Fremantle, but it turned out I was good enough to, you know, to be able to play. What were you so, weighing? So you were 210 centimetres. What were you weighing? What? Uh, when I joined West Coast, I was 87. So when I – Which is skinny for that height. It right? is, yeah. So my playing weight once I matured was 105. Right, so, right. Yeah. Mick Malthouse is a coach? Uh, yeah. Um, you had some great coaches I, during your career. I did. I did. Listen, um, uh, Mick actually, um, he wasn't a fan. Uh, I think I was always trying to be funny and, um, and again, probably immature and he could see that and a project player and he didn't want a project player. He wanted success. No, having it, you know. So um, – he actually, we got on a plane and he was coaching Collingwood and uh, we'd play, I was playing for North and we'd been up in Canberra playing, a uh, blockbuster. Um, <laughs> and um, he got on the plane and he says, listen, I didn't think you'd make it, so well done. I thought, no, well, good on you. So, yeah, so he, didn't need, back, he didn't need to say that. You know? Is that a backhand? <laughs> well, yeah. But Thanks, I sort Rick. of picked up his vibe, you know. It was his way of almost apologising. Yeah. 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 I sold a dummy at training one night and yelled at me, pulled me aside. Who do you think you are? Thorough merit? And, uh, <laughs> thorough merit. I fucking sold it too. And put on the left and hit the player. At, nah. So I wasn't allowed to do that. So, um, But I just wasn't good enough at that age group. And um, and, and and again, it's that opportunity, uh, you know, I've already mentioned, that it gets taken away from you. It makes you hungry. Yeah. So and that's sort of what happened then, sort of 94 for Subi and then, and then Fremantle came in. You, you used to be able to sell candy. I've seen a bit of footage of you selling candy out there. For someone so tall, you're yeah. agile. Yeah, it was pretty funny one day. <laughs> um, we're at Waverley playing Essendon. And uh, David Kelthorpe, we ended up becoming a teammate at North and we laughed about it. But um, I, I went to kick it and I realised he was going to smother. So I pulled it away at the very last second and he went past <laughs> And sold it, and I oh well, I didn't hit Peter Mann. Oh, Peter Mann made me look good. It was the absolute floater of all time. And the boys around Kelthorpe just gave it to him like nothing else. <laughs> He's the biggest, skinniest prick and God's ever put wind into, and he sold you a dummy. You must look like a dumb. Uh, it, was, it was so funny. <laughs> so yeah, I got lucky a few times. But Joey, there's so. there's footage on YouTube. You sell you sell candy five times in a oh, row. Oh, that one. Oh, <laughs> July. Well, how do you reckon Pagan handled that one? Oh. <laughs> You were just standing oh, there selling candy. Oh, I put my hand up to apologise to him like this, and the crowd all roared, you know, because it ended up going forward and someone was having a shot for goal, and that made him even worse because then the crowd liked it, you know. So he, he thought that you were giving it to the crowd. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Were you doing it to the crowd? You've just changed. No, no, no. I was doing it to him because I knew he would have. And he came down at quarter time or three quarter time and gave it to me, but you know. We laughed about it afterwards. That's, good. That's very funny. Yeah. So when you get cut from West Coast, um, oh, yeah, cut, yeah, cut from West yeah, Coast, yep. the the list sizes came down. So they were, ah, uh, they did, but, but 
again. I, Old House didn't want me, and right. Nizzy was a fan because you know I'd been at Subi with Nizzy, and he wanted he wanted to keep me and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, and the size came down, and I sort of wasn't a project player as much anymore. You know, so how did you get to Frio then? How does that come about? Um, yeah, so '94 back at Subi. Uh, I was living with Phil Smart at the time, actually. So he's the Claremont footy manager. Um, he gets the job as the national recruiting manager. For Fremantle. For Fremantle. Um, uh, Jared Neesham's the coach. Uh, so there's an interview lined up. I got on the other side of the table, Jared Neesham and Jared McNeil, um, who was the footy manager, and he's a good friend of mine now. Uh, and Wayne Loxley, the Subiaco footy manager, and me on this side of the table. It's at Subi Footy Club. And Neesham goes, I don't think you're good enough. Just don't, you just haven't got it. You just, you're slow laterally. And Jared's, um, Neesham's very opinionated. So I went in thinking, oh, I'm flat. And he goes, so tell me why you should. And I don't know what I said. And, you know, it wasn't a lot because I was disappointed that he'd gone in with that view. Mm. And he goes, oh, listen, you're friends with Phil Smart. Come to training. We'll see what happens. <laughs> go, All right. So I get to train. There's 90 people there. So, wow. so they've probably at that stage recruited, you know, um, the guns like Ben Allen and Scotty Waters, um, Peter Mann. But then there was the other guys, sort of like Tony Delaney, Todd Ridley, you know, that didn't have that profile. But, you know, it's probably 15 or 20 AFL guys. Then there was probably another 10 or 15 sort of gun waffles. And then the rest of us were waffle players yep. just trying out that, that they could just put on the list, you know. Um, uh, for extras because again they're allowed extra players are allowed, I think they're allowed don't quote me but I thought that was 52 but it could be maybe 45 or something like that sorry so I so go it to sounds like just like an open training for people to well they, they invited them yeah, yeah but yeah and so it was all the waffle sort of stars at the time you know mm. who'd all, all been overlooked by drafts and that sort of stuff and so, and it was the hardest thing I have ever done bar nothing it was so hard it was six mornings and five nights, I had a job in between. So I was um, with um, Timmy Collins at Access Business Machines and with my mate Dave Snow from Subiaco and Snowy was trying out as well. So the three mornings were alternating running and weights and the runs were, were quite difficult. We're at Bicton Water Polo um, and so you'd run out sort of six Ks and then run back and then you'd have some breakfast and you'd have a shower, um, you'd go to work. And you'd come back and nighttime was training. And nighttime was at least two hours. Um, Jared had a lot to teach um, and he was awesome. So um, so that was six uh, mornings, five nights from I think it was October the 30th or the 31st all the way through to the end of January. And it was just so hard. I remember getting home Saturdays after training and you just get into bed and you'd sleep from like nine till two. Um, and then you'd be fresh enough to go out Saturday night. So, um, <laughs> uh, and then Sunday, behave yourself, and Monday morning back again sort of thing. So it was really difficult. But the five nights, um, and this is where I improved. This is where I went from a, a good average waffle player to being able to play AFL footy. It was all because of Jared Nation, his education, his training. And I used to stand at the back, obviously being the tallest of this group, and he'd say something, and I'd go, Wow, no one's ever said that to me before. And I, by that stage, I played 100 waffle games. I'd been on AFL list for three years. Um, and I'm going, wow. And I put it into practice. And then he'd do a drill that did that. And then, you know, and then 
another night later and I go, wow, no one's said that either. And so I went, you know, and because you're training like that, you're going to get fit. Yeah. So you're getting fitter, you're, um, you're improving, you're learning like nothing else. And it was a real, real privilege and it was the difference um, from me from um, from making that progression. So it was awesome. It, wow. it really and this was. is the inaugural Frio squad. This Correct. is the first yeah. first year. So I don't know if I've spoken to anyone who's sort of I'm shorting Mac. Was he down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was there. Yeah. So, but we probably didn't focus too much on that process. Was West Coast was established in here and Frio is this new club yeah. that's trying to start up and you got, you know, 100 people trying to get, get on this list. Like it's yeah. – it's like a boot camp by the sounds of it, yeah. you know, trying to yeah. trying to improve. It's pretty interesting concept. Like it's a, a brand new footy club, no no team song and yep. assuming no facilities. Ah, yeah. I, no facilities, mate. It gets worse. Um, well, not yeah, worse. Um, the South Fremantle Footy Club had arranged for a motocross um, on Fremantle Oval. So we had to go and find other ovals to go and train at. So we were training at Troy Park. Um um, and Troy Bark sort of like remind me of an old tip, you know, it was lumpy and here's an AFL club train. Now, listen, we didn't know the difference yeah. and it didn't overly worry us. Um, South Fremantle, we had the visitors change rooms and we just had a hook. So um, um, Chuck Norrish, um, he found out that I think uh, John Curtin High School were getting rid of some of their lockers. Um, oh, I feel bad about the uh, sign rider. Um, we then we got a trailer. We dropped them at the sign writer's house, uh, uh, Scully. Um, he spray painted them all purple and um, we got some help to hang them up. So we, we were arranging stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't the most sophisticated, no. um, but I wouldn't change it for anything. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exit meetings. And uh, and after I finished playing and stayed in Melbourne, I finished playing uh, AFL, um, I actually – got involved with the AFL Players Association um, sort of like through the financial, you know, exits and that sort of stuff. And But I was sitting next to a guy one night. So they just cut people. So, you know, I was sort of wondering how it was happening, but sort of, Dan, you're not coming back tomorrow. I will. Don't you, mate? You can just go to work tomorrow sort of thing. But right. I remember this time. So what happens was, let's say, you know, how recently it was 40 degrees. If it was ever five nights of training, they might – do a Wednesday or Thursday, it's going to be 40 degrees. We'll go down to Victor Water Polo and we'll play Water Polo. But we'll train the same scenarios that we've been training here, but we're doing it at Bicton. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to this fellow. I'm not going to say his name. He was an established waffle bloke. He played 100. He would have played 200 games in the end. He's putting his boots on. And Nisham comes over and goes, oh, you won't need them tonight. And he goes, why, are we going to uh, Water Polo? He goes, no, nah, mate, you're cut. <laughs> <laughs> and he just turned around and walk off. But that was the 90s. That's sort of how it happened. No exit interview, no psychologist and player welfare manager, no footy manager sort of sitting there waiting for you to come out of the exit meeting getting told you're cut. It was just this bloke's dreams got sort of squashed. And he so. was and done. And that was true. He was uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had to sort of put his bag over his shoulder and oh, go to his car. Yeah. And- so if you'd see – like coach walking around, are you just waiting for him to walk up to you? Like I, I've heard stories of people, you know, getting made redundant at work, and like the, the PR person's coming around or the yeah. HR person. It'd just be scary if he's walking towards you. You think like, yeah, probably going to get cut. Yeah, um, <laughs> so and myself and Brad, we were, we were the last two names on the list. So you're sort of always wondering, you know, what's, you know, are they coming at me and all this sort of <laughs> right. stuff? So, so yeah. you make the squad though, you make the team. 
Yep. You play in the first game for Frio. Yep. Big. Yeah. That's a big. That's a big moment. First game for a football. Yeah, fight. it was great. So a couple of things. Uh, me and Peter Bell were the only two that played every preseason game. In the last preseason game, so two weeks out, we we had the week off um, before the season started. They have this wisdom to arrange for Fremantle and Brisbane to meet in Melbourne, and we played at Waverley Park, and it was forty degrees. Wow! And you can imagine the atmosphere, at Waverley. You know, like it's a sixty, seventy thousand people stadium. There's no one there, like no one. And it's forty degrees in Melbourne, and I'm playing Roger Merritt and Damien Burke. You know, and I didn't play very well. But ah. Uh, Stuffed me chances up here. You know, I'd had a really good preseason. I was playing well through the preseason games. So you got to wait, you know, you got to wait. Anyway, uh, I understand um, Neil Danaher went into bat big time for me. So he said, you know, he's had a great preseason. So uh, the last game got forgotten. I got chosen in the first ever game. So it was awesome. You know, it was awesome from a number of fronts. Um, You know, I'm a month off turning 25. That's old for an AFL debut. Mm. I understood the significance that it was a club's first ever game, you know, and a hundred years later you played in that first ever game. Um, um, it was at the MCG. Um, I've been through a lot, you know, missed drafts and getting cut from AFL clubs and that sort of stuff. So personally it was a great achievement, you know, running onto the ground. Uh, first bounce, take the first bounce, a bit of a natural ball. Richmond sort of push it forward after a bit of scrimmage. Uh, Dale kick it, gets it and – I've um, taken off to the fat side of the ground, the MCG members, the MCC members side of the ground, run out there. Uh, Greg Deer hasn't bothered to check me, check on where I am and kick it, he's kicked it to me. So I've taken the first ever mark for Fremantle. So wow. You can put that in your stiff shit file. <laughs> so I get it. And I'm out there on my own and I run about five or eight metres and I just kick it and I kicked it to the 50 metre line. Like, you know, you just you don't kick it to the fifty. You know, you kick it deep inside. Mm. Yeah, I must have seen someone there, so I've kicked it right to the fifty. So I get the first ever message from the runner: <laughs> <laughs> "Don't fucking kick it there." <laughs> <laughs> so I've got two firsts. They never get remembered. I'm, you know, a bit disappointed. I was sort of hoping that, you know. Uh, there's a plaque for Todd really kicking the first goal. You know, what about a plaque for the first, first message from the from the runner? <laughs> hey, we might be able to do something about that. Just above the phone. Yeah. Just a little plaque. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the bench every week. <laughs> the spider like spider. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty. You play well that game. 21 touches, seven marks. One of those, the first mark. 13 yeah. hit outs. Pretty good game for a Yeah. Run. Yeah, I don't think I ever got more than 21 touches in a game ever again. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. you got to do it once. I don't think I ever yeah. did in my whole career. So. Um, yeah, that's special. Really good. Mm. Um, you played in the first derby as well, first derby. Because mm. um, that, that first game you lost by five points, um, yeah. which is a close one. Leading into this derby, which I think was round seven. seven. We were three seven, and right? three. Yeah. And so you'd, you'd, you'd actually continued. and yeah, The had- following Friday, I reckon it was, we played Essendon at home and they kicked a goal after the siren for us to lose by seven or eight points. Yes. Um, so we almost won that as well. Uh, we won round three against Fitzroy at Western Oval. Um, you know, we beat Sydney, I remember the week before at the Wacker. So we're three and three. We're thinking that we were going all right. And you were. We, we got beaten up by by the big boys the following week. Yeah, big time. Was there a build up to that? Internally? Oh, it was huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, not uh, Jared didn't overly go over the top. 
but it was big. Locally. Yeah, locally. It was huge. Right. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was the opening of the grandstand at Subi Oval. They'd redeveloped the um the redone the the grass and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was it was it was a real big deal. It was probably a little bit disappointing that um you know we got smashed by eighty points. And... They were defending premiers. This is ninety five. Yeah. Oh, that was well, the grand final the year before. They had, they had all the superstars. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's your overall sort of memories of playing with Freo? Because you really established yourself as an AFL player, like you said. You hadn't played game at West Coast, but um you know you went. Uh, 17 games in that first year, 15, 11, 22. Um, you became vice captain of the footy club. Mm. I mean, it's a you got fond memories of your time at Freo. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, life's better for the opportunity, you know. And I'm forever, you know, I moved in across the road from Phil Smart when I was three years old. So, you know, thank goodness for those sort of moments, you know. Yeah. Um, for what Jared Neesham taught me. Uh, for the opportunity to play AFL, so which is what I always wanted to do as a kid. So um, it was awesome. Yeah. So, How did you go um, traveling every second week on a plane? Yeah, um, we get asked that question a lot, Dan. Um, I really enjoyed it um, going there. So I love being around the boys. So we play this car game called cribbage. Um, so we had a crib board. So you know you can play it in two, three, fours, even sixes. So um, so we played that. We had a lot of fun doing that. You stay at, you know, quite nice hotels, you eat good food, um, you're going to play AFL footy, so all that's exciting. The blue is, um, invariably we lost. Then you've got to come back, um, you're tired. Um, it might not sound like much, but the flight home's an extra hour than the flight over. So that that was a bit of a, a downer, was that piece of it. But all in all, I, I quite enjoyed it and we embraced mm. the... Um, uh, the travel side of it. Um, it was interesting when I got to North Melbourne and you go to Sydney for a game and you just go up in the air and then you have a cup of tea and go down. You, know, <laughs> like, you just go, wow. You know, so. that business class for you? Um, not in those days. Um, occasionally, but very, very rarely. But the emergency exit row. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I, I don't mind that. So It's not the end of the world. So Yeah, it's very yeah. good. Yeah. So you get you finish up in 99. You're vice captain in 99 and then you, yep. you finish at the footy club. Yeah. That's that's uh, rare. Yeah, yeah, it was that extra year on my. Con- I had another year on my contract. Uh, uh, Damien Drummond, and again, he, he did apologise. He only that was only twelve months ago. I ran into him at uh, the races um, at Derby Day, and uh, he said, "Listen, I made a blue." I said, oh, mate. "I said my life's better for moving away." So, hmm. um, so thank you. You know, I was with a whole bunch of Melbourne friends that weren't even involved in footy that I'd you know met. So, That's a good point. so. Um, so at the time, you know, you're pretty flat with it. Listen, um, Chris Bond was a captain. He got cut. I got cut. Um, yeah, it's just circumstantial. But, you know, was a bit of cleaning house. If they if they're getting rid of the two captains, are they? Was there yeah. more cuts to that? Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, he obviously wasn't happy with the the, the direction of um, where it was all going. They they'd lost the last six games in a row. It would have been some pressure on him. So you um. You thought you were staying in WA after that, though, didn't you? Didn't yeah, you've you got good mail. You boy, you've actually said a couple of things already today. Your <laughs> researchers, Dan, you said something. I... Yeah, so uh, do you want me to tell that story? Yes, yeah. So you think you get if you at West Coast, you go to Fremantle, Fremantle goodbye, and you think West Coast is picking you up. Yeah, they got pick thirty nine. That's right. Yeah, you're even, you're even on with that. So. Um, do you know who was pick 39 was? No. Yeah, it was well, Kane, Kane Munro. Was it? So, um, <laughs> if you, so I met my wife in April. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We got engaged later that year. Um, so 12 months later, she was playing for the Orioles and the, the Perth and Netball team. Nice. So... Um, so she's probably going to retire, but she's not sure. Um, uh, West Coast, the Nizzy again, you know, I've always had a um, good relationship with, with Nizzy. You know, he sort of says, all right, then we're going to take you with the last pick, you know. And I go, yeah, I'm oh, great. That's so good, you know. We'd, my wife and I just brought a house in Perth together, um, you know. I I used to have a saying, you know, I was probably a little bit ahead of myself, to be honest, but if I didn't know someone in Perth, I'd go up and introduce myself, you know, sort of, <laughs> you know, knew a lot of people. So, um, kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so life was going pretty good, except for the footy, of course. You get cut, and then Nizzy rings you up, you know, um, uh, uh, listen, this is what we've decided. Yeah, great. So the draft was a Sunday morning. Um, on Channel 7. So my wife and I went down to Margaret River for a holiday, just the last hurrah, came back Friday or Saturday. Friday, I get this random um, phone call. We're driving up Caves Road. It was a Melbourne number, 03. And so I answered it and it goes, oh, it's Dennis Pagan here. <laughs> I go, oh, g'day, Dennis, how you going? He goes, yeah, good. He always called me Matthew forever. Yep, yep, very well, thank you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> he said, how would you feel about coming to North Melbourne? And I said, well, I, I said, that's not going to happen, Dennis. Uh, West Coast could take me with their last pick, pick 39, and because you guys are traded for Lee Colbert, you don't come into the draft to pick 59. So you can't. So, uh, you know, I think it's, a, you know, it's not worthy of, you know, much of a conversation. And he goes, well, how would you feel about it? And then we're driving at Case Road, and back in then, this is 1999, you know, the we're not running on Telstra 5G here, so it cuts out. <laughs> anyway, he, he rings back, and I said, oh, I thought you'd changed your mind, and he roared with laughter. I thought it was hilarious. It wasn't very funny, but he, he just thought, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't rude. I was always going to say, yeah, of course I'll come, you know. No, I'm full well, West Coast. Yeah, of course, you know. Yes. So anyway, the draft – uh, Sunday morning, I was best man for Jason Norrish. It was his engagement party Saturday night. They had the mid-strength and the um, full-strength kegs mixed up, so all the old fellas are sideways because they thought they were drinking <laughs> mid-strength and they were drinking full-strength. Uh, yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, that's very Yeah. Funny. Sunday morning comes, uh, pick 39. Oh, here we go, Dale, you know. Um, West Coast asked for extra time. So back in those days, they – 
Oh, ask for extra time. So, oh, the bait's going on. I'm thinking, oh, hang on. We're not in a bit of trouble here, you know. Right. And um, anyway, they went with Kane Munro and I'm thinking, oh, all right. So the missus actually then took off into the bedroom and watched the TV in the bedroom and I'm so, in the lounge room. Was she watching the draft or she yeah. just flicked Oh, no, no, she was watching the draft because, yeah, now it's – now I'm barracking for North Melbourne. So their first pick, pick 59, uh, Clayton Lascott from West Perth. I'm thinking, oh, no. You know, anyway, I got to 72 and of course they draft me. All right. So, um, and all of a sudden Dennis is on the phone. So, hello, Matthew, we've got you. It's great <laughs> news. And, and, and Dennis would always ask a question, but he, you've got to answer it the right way. He's asking on purpose. And he says, so when do you get here? And I go, when do we start, Dennis? He goes, love the we, Matthew, love the we. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so uh, I, you know, jumped on the plane and 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 away we went and and, and that was interesting because you know you're turning into a footy club, you know. I got cut, you know, vice captain, extra year of a contract by the team that finished second last on a six loss burner, and I've been picked up by the premiers. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's quite humbling. You know, I said to Dennis, he took me out for lunch the first day, and I said, why, you know, why why do you want to do this, like? I sort of didn't get it. And he goes, well, they wanted Corey McKernan, one of your former guests on the show, to play full-time forward because John Longmire, uh, Longmire? Longmuir. Longmire. Longmire had just retired. Um, obviously, uh, Kerry was at centre-half forward and Corey was playing second ruck a lot and he said, we want to have two ruckmen. We think that's the way to go. He said, we've never won back-to-back premiers, premierships, so we think we can go back-to-back with two ruckmen. So it was Capuano and myself. Hmm. So... Um, you played every game that year, 23 games. No, 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 that was three finals. So I missed, I got dropped. So I struggled early. I played oh, rounds right. one and two and then um, got dropped for three and four. Right, I think so. the second game only had one touch and seven hit outs or something like that. So, but all in all, the, you know, a, it was intimidating walking in there. You know, you got Wayne Carey, Glenn Archer, Anthony Stevens, um, Johnny Blakey. It's sort of funny saying these names because, um, you know, a, a few of them are mates nowadays, but it was sort of, um, you know, very intimidating. Okay? And, uh, and I had played AFL, so, you know, you shouldn't have been intimidated, but you still were. Mm. Um, and I learned a really valuable life lesson um, through it is that we were running out of demandables. Uh, the, honestly, where we did weights and the boxing ring um, was underneath a grandstand. The grandstand had um, was all cyclone fence off because it was about to be demolished. But it was the people that were there, the coaching staff, um, the, the footy managers, um, the doctors, the volunteers the, um, were just uh, absolutely unbelievable. So you look at it and the success, the success of anything is – is the people and they're the greatest resource. And that was the lesson that I got from it when I reflected back on it after a year. But yeah, I, I wasn't, I really struggled. I went with a knee injury and, and rehabbed it over the, over the um, preseason and then struggled early, but sort of then got into a rhythm. And it was interesting by the end of the year, you know, they loved me and I couldn't work it out. Like I was averaging less than seven touches a game and they loved me. And I got cut from a team where I was averaging 11, 12. Don't forget, these are lower – like we're having 200 kicks a game, so uh, 200 possessions a game, so yes. they're lower percentages than the, the, yep. yeah than these the guys nowadays. Now. But um, all they wanted me to do was was hit it 
to, you know, Stevens, Simpson, Harvey, Shannon Grant, um, you know, I'm missing one or two. Ben Robbins, when Robbo got there, you know, um, these sort of guys, they just wanted me to tap it to them. And that's all they wanted me to do. So they just wanted me to play a role. Um, and again, that was another life lesson to sort of pick up from from that part of the journey too. Play so, a role. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. playing West Coast the first time in uh, North Melbourne Colours? Yeah. Yeah, that was at the G. That was a night match. It must have been a Friday night match. Did I'd you have never... a bit of a chip on your shoulder with that one? Uh, not overly, but I'd never beaten them down at West Coast, at Fremantle when I'd left. You know? And they had the last round of 99, but I uh, I got dropped. I wasn't playing. So I hadn't beaten them personally. And then they come out and whip us um, round one. So, yeah. But, you know, I was probably struggling. Well, I was struggling for form. Um, then got, I wasn't even playing all that well, actually, at the reserves in rounds three and four, and Matthew Capuano got injured, so I had to play, and, um, you know, I started to sort of find my own. You played your first final after 10 years in the system yeah. that year, and you won some, made a prelim yeah. 2000. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you find that now or at the time strange, or, or how do you reflect on that given, you know, you've been at West Coast and they're winning flags, Fremantle and up and, and up and coming side, of course, you know, just started. But North Melbourne off the back of a flag, you know, it's your first final. Do you, do you, was it a big moment for you? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And you know, to win a final at the MCG, you know, was awesome. The week later, um, but you know, and, and in hindsight, North were just coming to that end of that era. It's just a pity that I just jumped on it late. Yeah. Um, there, there, again, I talked about expectation with West Coast. There was a massive expectation at North just um, to play finals, and that's just what they did. So they finished fourth that year, I reckon. We played Essendon round one, uh, first week of the finals, lost by 100 points. Matthew Lloyd kicks his 100th goal for the year, so all the crowd come running on. Our boxing coach was a wa uh, was a water boy. So we're all standing in the middle, and they're all coming past giving it to us. Like It was late in the game. They're 90 points up. He wants to punch them all out, you know. We're all pulling him back. <laughs> Did you know? he keep any? No, <laughs> you know, but he wants to smash them. As, you know, that's why they're boxers, you know, they're aggressive. <laughs> Jackie King, he was a ripper. Um, and then just to fight back the following week from that, you know, we were massive outsiders, you know, although we finished fourth and, and to win that final was great. But, you know, Melbourne and Essendon, were, and Melbourne beat us easily the following week, but Melbourne and Essendon were the two best teams that year. To play off in it, so were you always spider? Like, is it, yeah, uh, that was a high school that? nickname, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, there's just arms and legs, all arms and legs. Because so. <laughs> Aaron Sandland's nickname, spider. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Everett, spider yeah. Everett. Yeah, tall is fella. Yeah. Is this? Is this? Mm -hmm. I might not be missing anything, but mm -hmm. also like, is it just a tall thing? Is it? I think so. Yeah, right. I think it's just because. Well, my, mine was I was just all arms and legs, and yes. The premier son who I went to school with, Ray O'Connor, Ray O'Connor Jr. was um, he gave it to me when I was year eleven, year twelve. Yes. So, Did right. you have um, many battles with Spider Everett? Yeah, a few. The two spiders going yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Did you? How do you feel about having Spider Er as your nickname and Spider Da? You know, he has Spider mm. as mm. Everett. Did you prefer the your spelling? <laughs> I'm a little bit conservative. <laughs> I, I tend to think that I stand out anyway, so I don't run the tattoos or. The dreadlocks or I don't yeah, try was... to do anything different, mate, you know. 2001 was a big year for you. Two things happened. Um, the one, the first one, 
you took your first ever bounce in the AFL. Is that in, right? In your eleventh year. Is that right? That's right. Wow. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> it's a long way down. <laughs> yeah. Was would you have been given license? Would Danny Layley have been your coach at this time? No, stage? it was Dennis still. Yeah. I remember one. I got told off for it too. Uh, <laughs> at Dennis, the following year, two thousand two, which was the game after Kerry got cut, and we went to Port Adelaide, and Port Adelaide were always finishing on top in the early two thousands, and so we're, again we were rank outsiders for that. And I took a bounce, and I told um, my mate Benny Robbins, I said, "Mate, Shepherd, like I'm actually like telling him to shepherd for me, so that you know I take a bounce." And Dennis, he he roared. Why wouldn't you just handball it to him and let him run and bounce and run away from you? You know, <laughs> so that was a sort of yeah. I don't know. Probably I probably think I was a tall man, um, um, a small man stuck in a tall man's body. So. You had four for your career, four bounces. Is that right? So you took your first two thousand one. You took three in your second last year of AFL. What, what happened there? You gone rogue off the leash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when my confidence was at a supreme height. So. <laughs> uh, that's very good. And two thousand one also. May not be a fond memory. There was a huge comeback game. You yeah. Blokes, you blokes up by seven yeah, points nah. and you lost. Yeah, yeah against Essen and yeah. Dennis, bit what of feedback. bit of feedback after that game? Uh, no. Nah. You know, uh, even like, maybe not into the 60s, but when we were 40 and 50 points up, I thought this might be good enough. Like Essendon were hot. They should have won 99. They got beaten in that prelim by Carlton. They won 2000. I think they lost one game for the year. Um they were hot. Oh one, they played in the grand final, and I, they were just full of superstars. And yeah, we we built it up. You know, North Melbourne had had no money. That preseason, um, we had a camp. Um, if you know any of the Melbourne suburbs, we had a camp in Elwood, which means that we drove half an hour to Elwood, um, and we went home for each night. <laughs> then we went back the next day. Um, we got Brian Gorgian in as the guest speaker. That was only because Dennis had been down to the basketball and done a solid and in and guest spe- was guest speaker for them. So, Brian, well, you have to come back in two months' time and speak at our pre-season camp. <laughs> so um, we went to the, oh, this um, sort of like a, a, a hotel in Ligon Street and we had a big team meeting there and um, and we, and we, yeah, we got off to a flyer, and, and it was cool. It was really cool, you know. I, things were going so well for us. Like, I, I kicked a goal, and I, I got it from fall of the ball. Like running inside forward fifty, Steve Alessio, and I think some of our big fellas, Corey, and some others, and the ball just came off and fell in my hands, and I kicked a goal. Like, like how many times did I kick a goal from fall of the ball inside forward fifty? You know, so. We were hot at that stage, got to 69 points up, and, and they didn't win by two or three points. I, I think they won by, you know, like 17 or 23 points or something like that. So they've actually, like, given us a real good gun over in the second half. So yeah. you, you ask how many times have you kicked a goal from just falling in your lap inside forward 50? Well, your last game, you did. Oh, the boys were looking after me then. I've seen the footage, yeah. mate. That's that's pretty special, Yeah, though. it is. Yeah. So they, they obviously you, – you'd announced or the boys knew it was your last yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd announced – yeah, I was shot. Um, you know, my foot was really, really stuffed, which I've had fused since. Played ten games that year, um, and I was thirty-three and a half. You know, it was old. time. Yeah, yeah, it's old for an yeah. AFL player. Yeah, it was just time, and I knew it was time. And um, and uh, Daniel Motlop. Daniel yeah, Motlop. Daniel Motlop. Yeah, yeah, Junior. He's a good fella, and he and seriously, he looked after me, and he wouldn't handball. Inside Ford 50, let alone handball. He handballed backwards. So. <laughs> he came flying. I don't know if any, anyone who hasn't seen it, 
Great play, Daniel Monk. Hit hit the pack with pace, one-handed pickup. Ten out of ten times, he's snapping yeah, on his right foot. Right. He has literally given it a up the chimney, hand fast, yeah. knew you were behind. And <laughs> if you don't mind, it was a good finish by yeah. you. Ah, oh, thanks. Snap around the corner. Yeah, Boys so. came from everywhere. They did. It yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a special memory to have in your it last is. game. It is. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So we spoke about all the coaches you played under as a player, Mick Moldhouse, uh, Nisham, uh, Damien Drum, uh, who am I missing? Dennis, Dennis Pagan. Pagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Layley, the, yeah. that the last year? Yeah. Last year? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big crew of, of coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, mo- most of them have had success. So, you know, I, I learned a lot uh, from all of those different coaches. Um, you know, I was ruck coach for the two years after I retired with with Danny Laley. So, you know, even then I learned a lot off her. It was awesome to um, sort of see. She was sort of like because she came from Mick Moldhouse and Mick had did change um, the, his style of play through that period, um, and that's why Collingwood has so, so much success. So, mm. um, so that was good as well. I've seen Danny's doco. You're mentioned in it a little bit. Um, Danny's sort of first time coming back to her teammates and speaking about sort of what had gone on. Do you, yeah. do you want to speak about that at all? Yeah. I know you were, you were there. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, yeah, it was a spin out. Um, a bit dirty on Simo. I didn't know the cameras were going to be there. Um, it was uh, at Simo's house. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was biggest, the North Melbourne had, blokes. He had the biggest house, did he? Ah, it's huge. <laughs> He needs a, um, a tank of petrol to get from the front gate to the to the back door. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, Drew Petrie, Daniel Pratt, David Hale, uh, Peter Bell, uh, CMO, myself, I'm missing someone. Um, sorry, whoever it was. Um, you know, we're the teammates or we'd been coached by Danny. Mm. Uh, Danny had his partner, uh, had her partner, sorry, um, Donna there and the cameras were there. And we just had some pizzas and she explained the journey. I learned a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot. It was good. The cameras were there for about two hours, but then after that they left and we sort of stayed for about another three hours. Mm. So and it was just a real sort of pleasure to hear the story, um, hear her ups and downs, um, her, you know, you know, her reasoning why certain things. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a real pleasure. So. Sounds like you were really, uh, and this is without knowing you too well, Swider, that you were really connected to your teammates, like you're a good teammate. Yeah. Um, you know, it was interesting. Um, Steve-O actually congratulated me. He goes, I can't believe how quickly you fell in love with this place. And he didn't realise it was real hard at first at North, you know. Mm. I'd never lived in a, another city, so you got that, you know. You're trying to find your way. You're trying to play AFL footy but not, you know, be too in the face of these guys and, um, and I just wanted to play my role for them. So, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, um, thanks, Will. And I, I think, with you know, speaking modestly, I think, um, you know, that's been a strength um, and uh, of all the footy clubs I've been at. Mm. Yeah. So you held the record for the longest time as being the tallest AFL player to ever play. Yeah. Do you know the four that now sit in front of you? Well, I suppose it's Cox, Sandy Lands. Yes. Peter Street? Yes. Okay. And there's one current player. We've named Mason Cox, another current player. Plays for Hawthorne. 
Oh, yeah. Um, starts with N, the surname. Yeah. Well, first, first name, Ned, name. Ned Reeves. Ned, yeah, Ned Reeves. Yeah. So all at 211. Uh, yeah. One centimetre. I mean, that's uh, pretty stiff. I, I know Aaron's definitely taller than me, you know, because I was <laughs> his ruck coach for a couple of years at Freo when we moved back to Perth. But um, can, can I just expand on that side of it? Yeah. Is, it I, I think maybe it held me back a tiny bit, but maybe um, the view of others, and that's why I got overlooked in drafts and that sort of stuff, was – that uh, the dinosaur was dead, you know, it was sort of like Justin Madden and then this will be the last of the dinosaurs, the game's, you know, moving on from these guys. So I'm sort of proud that the legacy that I got is that they could sort of, you know, recruiters and, you know, coaches could sort of see that there was a role mm. for someone as, as tall and, and now they're looking for those tall guys. They're, you know, actively going and searching for the basketball players that say Mason Cox. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm sort of proud of that legacy that I left that um, I was able to have that impact and maybe change a few views um, that it's, it's a game for, from people from Boomer Harvey size all the way through to mine. So, What was it like um, coaching Sandilands? You see oh, much of that was the easiest gig of all time. <laughs> uh, I was just smoking cigars and just sitting there. <laughs> just had the best view in the house, Dan. Oh, mate, he's a superstar, I tell you. Um, uh, he – he could do everything uh, that you'd want from a ruckman and, and most of all the follow-up for someone of his size. Um, I played against him once and, and I was shot. My foot was shot. But the thing that I struggled with was let's say I, I could play against someone like Matthew Primus who was really, really strong. But in some ways I could almost reach over with the size of my arm and my height and I could beat him with my height. But with Aaron, he had the strength of Matthew Primus with the same height. So I found him very difficult to play on the one time that I played on him. So, but his view um, on life and football, um, you know, he was a big, strong man. He acted strong. He was a real leader uh, amongst those Frio guys. Um, Got to get Sandy on the pod. Yeah, I'd love to get yeah. uh, another big spide on. Um, was there any difficulties being as tall? I'm thinking like boots and. You know, yeah, different a size bit. to most players that play. Yeah, back in especially in those days in the nineties, it's a lot easier now getting clothes and 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 shoes and that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah somehow managed. Yeah, yeah that's mm. good. I'm so, lucky. My foot is actually not ridiculously huge. So I'm size thirteen, which is not like I think Aaron size sixteen. So that yes. comes into play. So what size are you down? Uh, ten. That's pretty big feet. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I think of um Andrew Vlahoff, um king size, big and tall. You know. He's, See those um, those billboards everywhere in the city. That's been going on for a long time. You would have yeah. is that where you would have got clothes from? Yeah, stuff? but they're mainly um, for the larger gentlemen right. around the stomach. Whereas <laughs> right. I have a bit of length issues. So. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got yeah. a couple of uh, uh, little ones to finish off with. Uh, John Blakey, um, his son's playing in the AFL at the moment. A lizard yeah. for Sydney. Yeah. Did, did you have an incident with him at all? What's- uh, listen, um, you know the the readers, uh, um, the listeners of your podcast. Listen, I, I wasn't a tough man, okay, okay, but I did manage to knock out one person in my AFL career. Yeah. <laughs> Just happened to be a teammate, Johnny Blakey, <laughs> in his three hundred and fiftieth game. <laughs> so what, what happened? He's bloody unlucky. What happened? Uh, I can't remember who we were playing. Uh, I think it was at the MCG, and it was a centre bounce, and he. Johnny actually was – I was going to mention him when I reeled off those four, five, six North Melbourne names. So if there was ever a really, really tight game, 
I used to get him into the centre bounce and hit it to him, and he'd win the centre bounce. Like, right. he, he was an awesome player. Yeah, key position player, though, effectively. Uh, halfback flank. Right, right, yeah. Excuse me. But he was just one of those players that one on one he could hardly be beaten, mm. and and that was the beauty of when I went to North. I couldn't believe I, I just you have this perception that's just Kerry, but there there was twelve or thirteen blokes that could seriously seriously play, and Blake's is one of those, and David King I haven't mentioned him, you know he was one of those, um, and I'm doing a disservice to another three or four that were just gun players like uh, Craig Scholl, and in he only had one year with Scholey, but he was a gun. Mm. Uh, Darren Crocker was b- before my time, but he was a gun. So, um, was it was a centre bounce? I had Blake's at twelve o'clock. I was going to hit it to him. He wins it, and he could either do a U turn or he could hand pass it. One of the boys going past, and I've got, I did hit it that direction. But somehow the other ruckman has flipped me around, and so you know there's a fair bit of velocity there, and I. Trying to slow myself down, I've whacked my hand out and I've just backhanded him across the <laughs> face. So, and he's out to it. So, yeah. he's three fiftieth. Yeah, he he wouldn't be he he'd be able to nah. have a laugh about that. Nah, nah. It was my brother's he, my brother's favourite player was Blake, so he, he was dirty <laughs> with me too. So. Uh, uh, last one, and then we're going to get some listener questions. You, you're one of only nine to play both at West Coast and Fremantle. Well, I didn't play at West Coast. So. Uh, you were on, on the, the list, list, though. Yeah. Daniel Metropolis, Trent Carroll, David Hines, Tony Godden, Brendan yep. Fuster, Greg Harding, Scott Waters, Jared Schofield. I forgot about that. And Dale Kickett. That's, yeah. that's a pretty decent club to be a part of. Yeah. You boys got blazers or hats yeah. or catch-ups? No, we need to. We need to have a club, don't we? Because <laughs> yeah. there's some really good fellas there. I'd like a lot of shandy on a warm afternoon. So, <laughs> yeah. so maybe we should uh, have a little uh, West Coast Frio. I, I, I could have just chucked you into that. Now, uh, let's finish off with this. Social media, not social, social. You heard me right, Spide. This is where we get the people to ask the question. I can see a little smirk on your face. You know, I know you can, you like that. So this is from the people. I heard enough from Dan and I. You heard from Ron Chopper earlier on. This is from this segment. Uh, let's get into a few of these. Fresh sports collection. Uh, how did you feel about the Dockers colours and different style of jumpers and merch that Frio had? Can I t- tell you a story in regards yes. to that? Please, yes. So they come down to present us. Um, they've, uh, we've got this song and we've got these colours and the bloke came down from the advertising agency and he goes, um, you know, the purple uh, is the colour of the sea, the red and the green are the, the, the lights for the ships and the white and there's oh, this meaning. Right. And, then, and then he goes, and purple is the colour of sexual frustration. And I thought, suits me perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then the marketing team come. We've got the best song. We've got the best song. We're having this. Um, it was right before the season started, you know, like it was sort of one or two weeks out and we're having this big function. And they go, this song we reckon will go top 10 countdown. Heave ho. Yeah. What? Well, the marketing team loved it, didn't they? <laughs> oh, my God. Did it? No. <laughs> Did you both used to practice it when you hadn't, like before you'd won? Well, we had to for, you know, for the first once or twice. But Did they give it to you on a tape or yeah, something? Yeah, like how were you practicing? Remember. Yeah, just the words and, yeah. Driving home at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Top 10, that's very good. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> dubster. Uh, did you play in, a, in the preseason game in South Africa in 1998 where Desmond Tutu tossed the coin? I did, yeah. Can so, you tell us about that? Uh, listen, that, that was a funny one. You know, to be going to South Africa to play footy, has it ever been done since? I wouldn't think so. But, um, and they, the cricket pitch was as hard as anything um, in Cape Town. And I come – 
bursting out, you know. I didn't have a great season. I was 98. So 97, I hadn't had a great season. I'm aggressive as anything, trying to win the first centre bounce. And on the cricket pitch, I've plugged, put the foot in on the stops and I've just started sliding. And the foot, the knee went right above my face. Oh. So I've, we're playing Brisbane, so whoever the Brisbane Ruckman was at the time. So so I, I lucked in, really. Um, oh. But, yeah, old, uh, Desmond Tutu, yeah. Throwback. Um, Dale underscore Tyrell. Uh, do you remember being tackled by Phil Matera? No, that hasn't happened. <laughs> He's a mate of mine now, Phil. He couldn't tackle me. <laughs> what did it feel like getting tackled by the smaller guys? So you just, I feel like you'd be like a, you know, like the bigger kid that's all the little kids trying to tackle him. Yeah. I got reported for elbowing Daniel Kerr and I got off at once because I just said, well, all I did was. Just you know, hip and shoulder him, but you know, I elbowed him. Yeah, I should have got reported. But, uh, I got away with it. It's just, I was I'm as tall. That's where my elbows are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's very good. Now, one of the things I did like, get taught was lift the ha- uh, arms up, so they could only tackle you around here, and then you can give yeah. the handball off. So, um, Prox underscore. Uh, <clears throat> is the spider an arachnophobe? <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, that's true. true. Uh, John O. I'm just going to read this out in case there's some sort of reference if, here. I, I, I'm, I'm reading this and I, I don't know. I, I actually can't. Maybe Spider will be like, well, let me tell you a story. Ask Spider to take his shoes off and count to 10. Oh, does that mean that I'm stupid or something, does it? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. know. John O'Bent? Do you know okay. John O'Bent? No. 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 Thanks okay. for your feedback, Thanks, John. John. <laughs> really good. Um, that went well, mate. <laughs> uh, I'll give you this. Wardy underscore 85. Uh, what's the best and worst thing about being so tall? Um, well, the best thing is at a concert, yeah. Got the best view of the house. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing is is when you work walk into a podcast and you bang your head on the um, <laughs> on the smallest room. Dan, you're all right. I'm fine. Even Will knocks his head every yeah. single day. Don underscore Harley underscore. Uh, is it true on game day, bars in North Melbourne would sell Jack Daniels and Coke with ice cream and call it a spider bourbon? Wow. So, yeah. So uh, there was a drink called Spider Bourbons, but this was at Fremantle. Fremantle play. We heard Fremantle supporters would do this whenever I had a touch. Then they had to scull their Spider Bourbon. <laughs> so, that is amazing! Yeah. Wow, Spider Bourbon. What yeah. a legacy! Uh, yeah. Don't worry about the legacy of actually setting up a pathway for tall people to play football forever, which is an incredible legacy. Yeah. The Spider Bourbon may be just a close second. Oh, it's sweet as anything. It's too sweet. <laughs> uh, last one. This is from the Eggman. Tappy uh, 90, 95. How does a spider like his eggs? <laughs> Scrambled. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mate, that's us done and dusted. Okay. Back chat. Did you have yeah. fun? Yeah, it was good. Thank you, fellas. It was good. Thank you, you, you mate. You were very, very gentle on me. Thank you. Uh, one, actually, one last question. Do you know how many games Kane Munro played? No, he did play. AFL, yep. But yeah. 18. Oh, there you go. Well I would have rather had Spider on my team. So would have I. Backchat double underscore on socials. Get over there. Uh, subscribe to us as a podcast. Watch us on YouTube if you're doing uh, neither of those right now. Go and do the other one. That would be great. Big thank you to our supporters and partners. Fleet Network, Swimply, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margaret River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., Leadable Cameras, Mumba Digital, all looking after us. Find everything you need over at backchatpodcast.com.au or backchatstudios.com.au. Uh, VIP codes for patrons. If you want to become a patron, you'll hear one more story from Spider coming up now. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.